This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Self-care is an aspect of self-love. It's impossible to give oneself the care one needs if one doesn't have some aspect of one's own value. Self-care can be just as simple as saying no instead of always saying yes, speaking one's truth instead of hiding how they feel, or simply deciding to give oneself a hot bubble bath instead of going out to the party you really don't want to go to. However, self-care can only be applied consistently and meaningfully if we are practicing the endeavor of self-love. If we don't have self-love driving the self-care, then the act of self-care becomes a temporary band-aid. Humans do struggle to love themselves. It is a universal affliction. All souls living this human life struggle with remembering who they really are and where they come from. And because of this, they spend their lifetimes looking outside of themselves to fill their own well. And more times than not, they feel the deficit of love within themselves because of this. In truth, we all come from one consciousness of unconditional love. That is what the divine is. Understanding this concept and giving ourselves this unconditional love is our greatest challenge and yet is the most important precursor to offering unconditional love to another and receiving it back. We get caught up in the cycle of giving and receiving love with conditions, a love that is burdened and weighed down by needs and obligations, and a love that leaves us feeling unaccepted and less than. As mentioned before, both men and women spend an inordinate amount of time reaching outside of themselves to fill their own hearts up. We go in search of approval and validation from others in our family, our workplace, and in our personal relationships. Sometimes we use our success or perceived lack of it to measure our own worth. Filling one's own well with a sense of self-worth instead of needing others to fill it for you is the essence of self-love. Understanding that only you are responsible for what you need, that only you are able to truly give yourself what you feel is lacking within you, no amount of money, work, success, material things, Instagram likes, or relationships will give us the sense of love we all seek and the self-care we crave will always be affected and compromised by our endless search outside of ourselves. In realizing that you are born of and from the divine, that which is unconditional love, we wake up to the fact that we, in truth, have nothing lacking in ourselves. We are in our very essence, love. Our lack of love we feel for ourselves has been taught, directly or indirectly, as we have grown up from a young age. When we shift our subconscious mind back towards remembering who we are through a spiritual practice and discipline, we are then able to fill our own well with the love we have looked outside of ourselves for so long, says Joe Jason. Valeria Tellis interviews Joe Jason. She was born in the United Kingdom and is a self-taught painter. She began her career as a muralist and decorative painter in London, Sydney, and New York. 
In 2008, she started working with the Divine Feminine Energies. Since then, she has worked as a professional intuitive painter, channel, and teacher. Upon completion of her much-loved Goddess Chakra series, Jo went on to complete the internationally acclaimed Sacred Feminine series of paintings depicting 13 divine feminine channeled archetypes. The images and wisdom that Jo receives and shares has helped women all over the world find empowerment, healing, and inspiration. She is the author of the award-winning book Self-Love Through the Sacred Feminine, the companion to her Sacred Feminine Guidance Cards and Guidebook. Jo has spent six years teaching workshops and online courses for healing and self-development in the United States and offers paintings, prints, meditation kits, and CDs for physical and emotional wellness and empowerment. Here is the interview with Joe Jason. In your own words, who is Joe Jason? Joe Jason is a painter, an artist, an intuitive, and a teacher. Wonderful. I have a few warm-up questions before we talk about your book, Self-Love Through the Sacred Feminine. So my first warm-up question is, what is life to you, Jo? What is life? It's a journey of lots of experiences and lots of emotions and lots of growth. Hmm. What would you say is the opposite of life? Uh, the opposite of life would be disconnection. Yeah, that resonates. <laughs> True. Um, what is the meaning of freedom to you? Uh, the meaning of freedom, that's, that's quite a question. Um, I think the ultimate freedom is, is total acceptance, you know, acceptance of yourself and acceptance of everything around you and everybody around you. That's freedom, I guess. Yeah. When you have, you know, complete acceptance and allowance of everything that is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, a thousand times, yes. <laughs> um, at this time, what do you think is the world's greatest need? And what is your vision for a new reality? Uh, the greatest need of this world is compassion and balance. The vision for a new reality. Harmony, you know, harmony and balance. I think that's what's, what's needed and what I would intend for this world going forward. Right. What is love to you? Uh, love is an alignment with the truth and the vibration of who you really are, which is an energetic being, a spiritual being in a physical body, but born of the vibration of love. Do you connect the idea of love to the idea of God? Yes, a consciousness of love um, is how I would describe what others may call God. Right. What is your understanding and idea of peace? I think peace is very similar to freedom. The question that you asked me about freedom, I think peace is acceptance. I don't think you can have peace without acceptance. Right, right. Do you see a difference between spirituality and religion? Oh, yes. How are they different? Well, religion is a set of rules and doctrines that used right, I guess, can take you on a path back to the truth of who you really are. And spirituality is, is the same, I guess, but it doesn't have rules. It doesn't have doctrine. It's a journey of uh, self-discovery. The journey, yeah, I guess that's the way you described life itself. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I have two more questions left, the warm-up questions. Um, what do you think is the purpose of life itself? Um, the purpose of life is, I think, um, what I would believe to be growth through joy. I think we're not here for any other reason than to grow and to expand. 
And the best way to do that is through joy. Right. What do you think is the main purpose and the mission of your life? To help people do that. To help people do that through um, an understanding of themselves and their, their own journey. Yeah, maybe I have to rephrase this question <laughs> um, about the gifts. Maybe I should ask, what do you think or what are your gifts to the world? Or what talents do you have that will help others to get there? Because I know you have many. I love your art. It's incredibly beautiful. Thank you. Well, I, I hope that the images that I create inspire and empower people. So I hope I would say that that was one of my main gifts. I think that they do for the most part. You know, I think that drives everything else, really. So let's talk about just that, your work. Talk to me about the inspiration and intention of writing the book Self-Love Through the Sacred Feminine. So I had already um, started a series of paintings about the chakras. Um, it's, the, it's called the Goddess Chakra Series. And then I... I had, I guess it, it was a calling. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it, but a, 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 a very strong urge to paint Guinevere, um, the who, um, you know, I, I had known about as a child and, and read, you know, uh, all the fairy tales and the stories and the whatever. And I, um, I started with her. It really just un, unraveled with her, really. It just uh, unfolded a series of 13 archetypes that came through me to be painted and have their message expressed. And so when I, that took me seven years. And when I finally finished that, I realized that I had um, created, or I'd been given uh, also, but I had created a path uh, to self-love for healing. And it had been my path. Um, I had been through some difficult times and I had kind of sort of, as many people do when they go through difficult times that they kind of have to face themselves and um, rebuild a new path for themselves. And that's what, that's what happened with me. Um, so when I finally finished the paintings, um, I gathered up all my information that I had sort of received from all of the energies that I had painted and realized that it was, it really was a book and um, it needed to be shared with others so that others could um, be helped by, by what I had been given and received. So that's how, it, yeah, that's how it came to be. But it's, it certainly wasn't an intention, at, at, you know, at the beginning um, when I started painting them at all. So I had no idea I would write a book or they would all be part of a book. You know. So that's so interesting. I actually have a question. I have one question here about channeling. But before that, it has been said, and it, it seems to me from my own experience, that the unknown, the unknown forces, I would say, communicate a lot through numbers. Is that something that's real or? Um, repetitive, uh, consecutive numbers. Yeah, no, no, it is something that's real. Um and their numbers like colors and music have and sound all have a vibration and a meaning and a message. So um, for sure, um, numbers are certainly a way of um, those in the non-physical to communicate with us in the physical. Right, right. So yeah, talk to me about channeling. What is channeling? And how did you develop this? Uh, how did you find out? <laughs> you know, I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't really know what it is, to be honest. And I don't know, um, you know, I think it get, the word gets used a lot. Um, and I think everybody, to an extent, channels something because we're all connected to our higher selves and we're connected to the, the bigger part of us, our souls. And our souls are, you know, uh, driving driving the car as it were, as it were you know or, or uh, captain of the ship and um so you know we're we're all we're 
constantly, unknowingly or knowingly, receiving information from that higher part of ourselves. Plus, you know, uh, quite a lot of um, helpful energies around us that are guiding us and protecting us and helping us. So all of us are doing that, but some of us are a little more in tune with it uh, and can hear it more. And I think that's really what channeling is. It's having a, a clear sort of line, telephone line to the, that, you know, non-physical part. Right. Um, when you speak of the soul and uh, that the soul is guiding us somewhere, um, could be spiritual evolution. I hear that a lot, that, that we are learning as spirit, as the soul. Then, so we stop coming back here to learn lessons. Does it make sense to you? Well, I don't think we, we stop coming back here to when our lessons are learned. We, we get there, um, you know, this isn't our only um, place of schooling. <laughs> there, there are other dimensions and other places and other, you know, ways of, for a soul to expand and learn. This is just one of them. Um, and, and, you know, um, so I think the soul is constantly growing. And, and remember, the soul is part of a collective soul and a collective consciousness, which is constantly growing. So that never stops. But I think, you know, once um, we have reached a certain level of evolution, our souls, um, then then there's no need to keep coming back to like the earth school, as it were. Oh, I see. And then is there, do you believe that there's um, different realities then we exist, but not really with the body, a physical body. Is that some? Is that a belief, or this is um, something that you have had some some experience, even personal experience with? Well, I think I think for us to believe that this is the only reality is is very limited. And I mean, you know, people do talk about past lives, and I think it is more accurate to say other lives. Where, where we exist in other um, realities at the same time. We have different, our souls have different aspects to themselves. It isn't just, um, you know, my soul isn't just a big soul and just Joe Jason. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot of aspects to my soul that are happening simultaneously. Um, and this is just uh, one extension of that, of that aspect. So um, let's talk about the sacred feminine. What is the sacred feminine and how is it connected to self-love? It is everything about self-love. The sacred feminine is the feminine aspect of all that is, uh, including the divine. So there is a, a feminine aspect and a masculine aspect, and you see that in nature and um, and you have it expressed in humanity as uh, as genders, but you know uh, we have both. The soul is genderless, but is made up of aspects. You know these two aspects: the feminine and the masculine. So within us, we have the you know these two aspects. Um, we just have a gendered body. Um, so we lean a little bit more towards our gendered body aspect, but we need both um, to exist and to function. And, and the, the, the feminine aspect is, uh, it's not an opposite of the masculine, it's more of a complement of the masculine. Um, the feminine is, is things like... Um, you know, compassion and forgiveness and wisdom and faith and uh, being and stillness, um, faith and things like that. And, and, and the masculine is more, more active, more doing, more strategizing, more analyzing, um, more about responsibility and um, you know, there's a lot of different things that fall into both categories, and we, we have all of them together um, uh, within us. And uh, it is a matter of balancing them out um, and honoring both of them that causes, causes us to have harmony and balance. 
That made me think about the heart and the mind when you described these uh, traits and qualities. Yes, the heart and the mind, yeah. And self-love is, it, well, it, it's pretty impossible to walk a path of self-love if you haven't activated the feminine aspects within yourself and offered them to yourself. So the feminine aspects are about nurturing and caring and loving and supporting. Right. And that's a misconception that some people think that the feminine, a sacred feminine or divine feminine, only women have those traits. Yeah, well, I think people get mixed up with, when we say the feminine, they get mixed up with that being about women. It isn't. And I, and I wish there was a word for it so that people wouldn't get mixed up about it. You know, we could just call it A and B. But, right, right. <laughs> and then it would make more sense. You know, I today have used a lot of my masculine aspects in order to get things done, right? And I've been very busy and I've been very productive. And, um, and later I'll use some of my feminine aspects, um, you know, when I'm still and I'm quiet or I'm meditating or I'm nurturing someone or, um, you know, being compassionate. So it, 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 they, they, we, we, um, flow between the two, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. How do we know that we have reached that balance or when we are? in balance with these energies? We feel full. You know, there's a sense of wholeness. You know, if you are constantly striving and constantly on the go and constantly doing and constantly strategizing and constantly um, um, planning and, 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 and all of those masculine aspects, you're going to eventually drain yourself and you hopefully will take time out to be still and to nurture yourself and to um, connect and um, all of those feminine aspects. And then you will find some balance. So it's, it's um, it, it, uh, likewise, if you're constantly still and you're not productive and you're not active and you're not doing and you're only being and receiving, then you aren't really being, you know, productive human being. So there's, there's a sense of a balance just in, just in an everyday life of getting things done and feeling at peace at the end of the day. Yeah, I like that, Jason. I really like that idea. But the way you speak about these energies, it's about a balance. It's not just being one thing. It's all about balance. That's why they're, they're not opposites, they're components. So you need both in order to feel whole. And, and for the most part, most people do. But, you know, there's a lot of, uh, let's say there's a lot of men that are are not activating their feminine uh, for one reason or another. And there's a lot of feminine that are not activating their masculine uh, enough. So that's just an example, you know, of, 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 a, of one, of a person, you know, not um, having both of those states um, in balance in themselves. But then you have the, the bigger version of this world and is this world balanced with a, in, in harmony with its masculine and feminine aspects? And <laughs> it isn't. You know, I think we all know that it is not. And <laughs> <laughs> you, you read my mind. That was my next question. <laughs> so in, in a way, do you think that we are more, um, most societies like I am in the United States, I'm from Brazil originally. Do you think that Brazil and United States um, are, or most countries in the world, they are, they are going through this imbalance more inclined to the feminine or the masculine? Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> they have been very um, set in the masculine and it hasn't been a higher masculine. It wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a divine masculine. I would call it a lower masculine where um, 
the the masculine is almost distorted and it's distorted because the feminine has kind of been pushed away um for for so many years <clears throat> and now it's coming back um but it's going to take some time you know it, it it is coming back we are seeing that now um so it takes a while for everything to start to rebalance itself I like that. I guess the only concern is when the shift happens, where it's the, the feminine aspect that's being manifested in societies. We just now have to be careful not to be the lower parts of them. We have to be careful not to be the lower feminine. And we have to be, we, yeah, we don't want to move from patriarchy to matriarchy. We don't want to do that. Um, we want to create um compassionate cooperation between the two so that um you know everything gets done and everything is working and productive but there is an element of compassion and understanding and empathy in in everything that is done so that's how we change we will change the world when that more of that more of the feminine is uh, infused into into the map what we have not going on now. Wow. I absolutely love this ideal, this vision. And then, yeah, you talk about compassion a lot, uh, being part of the feminine force and or energies, also wisdom. Uh, you mentioned faith earlier. Do you connect faith to trust in our intuition? Yes. Faith as in trust, not as in faith as in religion. So faith as in a... Um, an intuitive, innate trust that in life, in yourself, in spirit. So the feminine is about that. It's about trust. So um, and faith. And I talk a lot about compassion because compassion is pretty much the closest thing to what we would describe universal love. You know, there are many aspects to what love is, uh, universal love, and um, compassion is a really um, direct way to get there. Would you um, kind of explain to me the difference between empathy and compassion? Are they the same or somehow you have a different understanding of these, these words? I think I think to have compassion you have to you have to first have empathy. So it's hard to be compassionate if you're not if you don't have empathy. I think compassion is something that you give. Empathy is something that you feel. I like that. And that makes sense to me. I remember somebody saying that empathy has a lot to do with feelings, right? And then sometimes we can get overwhelmed by feelings and then become, could impair our ability to act in a wise way? Well, I think they were, they were probably talking about people who were very empathic. So people who are very empathic feel very deeply and they feel pretty much everything. So when that happens, you have to look after yourself. And um, make sure that you, what you're feeling is yours and not, and not someone else's pain. Right. And maybe this idea of compassion, I like that they, we are able to give. So, but that in order to give, we have to have it first. Yeah. I think you, mm. you feel empathy and you give compassion. I think compassion is an act. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I agree. And there's so much wisdom yeah, in that kind of giving, right? Right. Right. So talk to me about the 13 sacred feminine energies in archetypes. I would like to know what they represent and teach us. Um, the 13 um, that, I, that are in the book, um, the, that are in my series of paintings, um, they range, they start with Guinevere and she, she's very much about uh, self-respect and teaching and self-honor, teaching others to respect and honor you, but firstly, learning how to do that for yourself. It's very difficult for someone to give you that if you are not giving it to yourself, because we teach people how to treat us. 
um, all the time through our own example. Um, and then we, you know, we go into the, the Magdalene and she is about unconditional love. Um, and then it is Bridget and she's about the shifts and change, particularly in a woman's uh, life and cycle, the cycles of, of womanhood and going with the flow through them. Um, and then Isis is about empowerment and inner power. And um, Mother Mary is about um, giving ourselves comfort and uh, being our own comfort, learning how to comfort ourselves and ask for help also. Um, Joan of Arc uh, is about fear and courage and strength. And uh, Miriam is about, um, her lesson is about hope and um, joy and how the two are very connected. And um, and then it's Kuan Yin. She is about uh, forgiveness and compassion. Um, she's on the cover of the book. And uh, there's Morgan Le Fay about the shadow self, the dark and light sides of life. Um, Artemis is about um, self-mastery and independence. Um, and then it is uh, Callie. Uh, she's about beginning endings and beginnings. Inanna is about uh, the false beliefs that we that we take on from other people. And then we end the book with Grandma the Spider, who is about weaving the web of your own life with um, clear and focused wow. intentions. Yeah, a lot of wisdom there. <laughs> what a, I'm a lover of wisdom. <laughs> and it is a journey for sure, you know. So um, let's talk a bit more about self-love because this is a topic that it's so important and sometimes it's a challenge to even not just to practice but to understand. And I guess my first question is about self-love and self-care. Some people confuse self-care with self-love. What comes first, self-love or self-care? <laughs> yeah. Self-care is an aspect of self-love. But you can't uh, sustain self-care unless it's driven by self-love. So, for example, self-care um, would be, you know, um, taking a nice hot bath after a long day or, um, you know, um, saying no to something that you were too exhausted to attend. Um you know, self-care is an aspect of self-love, but it isn't, um, it isn't self-love. Self-love is a daily practice of returning back to the truth of the self. And the truth of the self is that we are born from this vibration of unconditional love. So, so the practice of self-love and all that that entails um, is uh, something that we have to return to because in this life, humanity um, has forgotten who they are. And so the, the, the journey of self-love is always a journey back to uh, the truth of who of who, who one is. That sounds very spiritual. So how can those who don't believe or they don't want to engage in any form of spirituality also practice self-love? Well, you know, I talk a lot about filling one's own well and how most people don't do that. They look out of themselves, outside of themselves, I should say, to feel worthy or to feel loved or to feel accepted or to feel valued. Um, and that's a very unreliable source, anything outside of yourself. It's very fickle outside of yourself and can change in a second. So if one is relying on a on the aspects outside of themselves, they're kind of setting themselves up for heartbreak. And, I, and I'm not just talking about, um, you know, uh, romantic love. I'm talking about 
um, all of those things, um, the aspects of ourself where we feel complete and whole. So if you are doing that, you will be disappointed. There's no, there's a, I, I can guarantee that. So the journey of self-love, why self-love is so important, why it's so important to go back to, to um, giving yourself it is that you become your source of all that you need. That's not to say that you live as, as an island and you don't interact with others or depend on others for, for things, but it is that you fill your own well, that you're responsible for making yourself feel worthy. You are responsible for um, feeling loved. You're responsible for um, your own sense of security and stability. So, um, and it is easy to do once you know that you have an infinite supply of all of that within you. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I love that. And, and it's so true. When we become responsible for our own existence, then everything everything's possible. When you realize that you can't, it's possible, you can do it. Right. I mean, it's not to say, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't negate or, any, or, or stop heartbreak or loss or sadness from happening in your life. But it means that when you have... Um, when you have worked on do, filling your own well, when those disappointments and those losses happen, they don't affect your sense of worth or your sense of being enough. Right, which is uh, very much connected to self-love. Right. So another question I have is about um, the practice of self-love. Sometimes it's also confused with selfishness, uh, narcissistic behaviors, and that, that sense of self-importance. Can you clarify that so we know what is and what's not? <laughs> well, self being selfish or, or what, we, what we describe as, so give, give the word for selfishness, or, or self-obsession um, is is really a, la a sense of lack so within ourselves. So if someone is selfish or narcissistic or self-obsessed, or um, it usually comes from a sense of their own lack. And so when you are in a in a place of self-love, when you are filled up with your own sense of who you are, your worthiness, you have an abundance of, 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 of love to give to others. When you are selfish, because it is based on lack and fear, you have nothing to give to others. So again, I come back to that well. When it is full and you have filled it up with all your own source, then um, you have, you know, you are, it's overflowing and you um, are compelled to share it with others. Yeah. And that's easy to, to know when we are acting from a different place. Exactly. So when you are in a place of self-love, when you honor and respect yourself, when you are um, have a knowing of your own value, you have a quiet confidence about you. You are quietly, um, what's the word? Quietly confident. You are quietly in your power. It's not a, it's not a loud a power is not an external power, it's an inside job. And it it shows because when someone is in the presence of someone who values themselves like that, it can't help but but um vibrate off them and it feels good to be around them. Yes, yeah. I agree. <laughs> and I experience that a lot <laughs> with a lot of my guests. Yeah. Uh, the presence. Uh, so there's something that I must have read on your website. This is very interesting. You say, when we spend our time in a quest to accept and appreciate everything and everyone around us, 
we then find it easier to accept and appreciate ourselves. Do you recall this uh, passage? This I don't. <laughs> I don't, but I know what I meant if I did say that. Um, when you are focused on appreciation and gratitude for everything around you, um, that in itself is a practice. Um, when you are in that place of, of appreciation and gratitude, it it raises your own, your, your vibration raises all by itself. And you automatically, uh, you, you can't, you're kind of on a roll and you can't stop finding things to, to appreciate and to be grateful for. So it's kind of a snowball effect in a really good way. Um, and when you can find things about yourself that you appreciate and that you're grateful for, then others will um, be more receptive to those parts of you as well, because you will be giving off that vibration of um, acceptance and appreciation. Right. I talked to a lot of people in the, about unconditional self-love, unconditional love or love itself. And I hear a lot um, what you said earlier too, that we, uh, in order to love others, we've got to love ourselves first. Everything starts here. So, and, but this idea now, it's a little different in the way you're saying that even by practicing to love others unconditionally and everything around us, we ended up learning to love and to appreciate ourselves unconditionally too. Well, I don't know if it's that way around. I, I don't know if you read that wrong or I don't, I'm not sure, but it, it does always start with us. So when we are able to forgive ourselves, when we're able to be compassionate with ourselves about our, what we perceive to be our mistakes or our failures, when we are able to accept ourselves where we are right now, then it is it is without doubt more likely that you will be you will do that to the person next to you. Because you will have shown yourself um, that compassion. You will have shown yourself that understanding and forgiveness and acceptance. And it will have soothed you. And you will have come to a place of peace with it. So when you when you're in that place, you it would be impossible for you not to offer that to another. That's true. And no, that makes a lot of sense. And that's exactly what you said um, after I read the passage, the way you explained it. Yeah, it's coming from you. You're able to see the world and others with this amazing love because it's coming from you. There's no way we can even perceive anything out there that's not here. <laughs> right. You see, when, we, when you are giving yourself compassion and acceptance and forgiveness and understanding, your own heart expands and opens, right? So then it is more open and expanded for the person that's next to you. And so, it, you know, it's a, it's a win-win. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and this is how to experience. I mean, this is the best way of experiencing this, um, yeah, being a human body, right? That's the best. Right, right. And it isn't, you know, it isn't always easy. And our, our egos can get in the way and our wounds get in the way. So everybody will have their own wounds. And it is our responsibility you know, everyone's responsibility to tend to their own wounds. Yeah. And then well, I have here my final questions for you, but I have one before that. Um, speaking of healing, do you believe in such a thing as being healed, completely healed, already there? Well, in what aspect being healed? What do, you, what do you mean by that? Are you talking about physical healing? Are you talking about emotional healing? What, what do you mean? No, any kind of healing, a kind of healing that prevents us from manifesting the other sides, the uh, hatred or the ego, as you mentioned. Um, absolutely. I do believe that, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it, it takes work to heal yourself. It, it is, yeah, it takes work to heal yourself and nobody else can do that for you. And you can, yeah, nobody, even physically when you are, when you have a physical wound or the physical issue, um, a healer 
cannot do that for you unless there's aspect of you that is doing it for yourself as well. Yeah, of course, of course. So healing in a way is, um, that's why the word is healing. It might be that we are constantly healing. Yeah, I think there's, well, you know, healing, I I, I often think self-love is another, or, or the, the journey of self-love is healing. So um, whether you have something, you know, an issue with your body or you have an emotional issue or a wound or a trauma, um, the only thing that will heal it is um, the vibration of love. And that's why, you know, we come to this physical life to learn that. And many times we don't learn it in one lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Always goes back to self love for what I see. <laughs> I think I think it really well. Yeah, because every yeah. every spiritual journey, no matter what uh, culture, no matter what you know what practice or modality, at the end of the day, they all will take you back to yourself. Yeah, yeah, so true, Joe Jason, so true. Yeah, it goes back to the self. Yeah. yeah. So I have a few um, more questions for you here. I call them final questions. Uh, would you like to add anything? No, I don't think so. Wonderful. So my final questions, what was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself in this um, experience in the human body? Oh, my. <laughs> I think the hardest lesson, I'm not, uh, you know, have I, have I completely learned it? No. Um, I've come a long way with it, but the hardest lesson for me uh, was to stop punishing myself for things that I believed, you know, were my fault or even subconsciously. So there was a level of definitely, you know, healing your sense of worthiness and your sense of enoughness can take a long time. Uh, you can un- you can know it intellectually and you can understand it intellectually, but totally to integrate it totally in the body and in in the soul is can take a long time. So I would say that has been one of the, my biggest lessons, and still mm-hmm. is. You know, it's still something that I have to practice. Right. That's I see that it's um it's a challenge for women. Might be more for us women than men. Yes. I don't know, actually, you know, uh, it manifests itself differently, for sure. It manifests because I, I, do, I do feel that the, the men also um, struggle with their sense of power and their sense of confidence and have been taught to always try and gain it from outside of themselves, which has caused all sorts of problems and wars and battles. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, I think we, 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 as genders, we both have that uh, same issue, but it manifests itself and shows itself in different ways. So the female tends to withdraw and go into themselves. And, um, and the masculine, the male, sorry, tends to um, reach out to try and find it it's 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 just the way different ways of of manifesting but i think it's the same same problem and same issue in both genders actually i really like your observation it makes sense right because not just it's not a gender uh thing it's um yeah it's a humanity it's a it's a it's the affliction of humanity (laughs) where we're um there, there are very few who are born and Grown up, grow up with a sense of complete worthiness. It's very, it's because it's not taught in our culture. Right, right, right. What is another word for healing? Healing, oh, another word for healing. Um, well, healing um, is, some, is a verb, right? Um, loving. I mean, as I said, you know, you, it's very, it's impossible to heal without, without there being a vibration of love attached to that. So, uh, you know, loving um, is healing. 
when you are loved, it's healing. It feels, it feels good. So true. And I think I have three more questions. Yeah. If you knew it would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently? Goodness me. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a trick question. Um, I don't think I would. I don't think I would. I mean, I, I don't think I would. I would probably worry less. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I try, not, I try to worry less every day. But, um, but maybe if I, if I felt like uh, my time here was limited and, and, uh, and was, was ending soon, then I would probably not worry so much as I do. Um, what are three things about life you know for sure as of today? Life, I know for sure um, that there is so much joy to be felt, so much joy to be felt. And we have to, unfortunately, sad really, but we have to learn how to find it, how to access it. Um, but once you do, once you do find, uh, once you do learn how to do that, and you do that through gratitude, a practice of gratitude, then it is really easy to find all the joy in any given moment, anywhere. And there's so much out there, honestly. There's just so much joy to be received. Yeah, yes, wow. Hey, that was a really beautiful answer. One in three. <laughs> oh, really great. It has been a great conversation, meaningful and healing. Thank you so much for your presence, Joe Jason, and your wisdom. Too. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? You can find everything on my website, which is joejason.com. My Etsy shop link is on there too to find all my prints and products and my book and my workshops and um, online classes are all on there. So, and retreats and things. So everything's on the website, jojason.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. Yes, Libby, thank you. Yep, bye for now, Jason. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Joe Jason, please visit her website, joejason.com To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org/podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aiden Bigrock. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. Thank you.